Hey guys, welcome back to the Zeal, no, 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 the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast brought to you by zealcigars.com, your number one place to find your cigars online. So guys, welcome back again to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you're tuning in. If you're driving a truck, if you're at home listening, or you're smoking a cigar and enjoying a fine, fine smoke while you were listening to this podcast, we'll be talking about a subject that is a little different than our typical subjects, talking about men, masculinity, and cigars. I think it does pertain, when you say so, JB, does pertain to men, masculinity, and cigars. Wouldn't you believe that? Absolutely. I mean, it's probably something that's heavily discussed around cigars among yeah. men. Right, right. <laughs> sometimes knowing it, sometimes not even knowing it, right, you know, right. which I think is important. So, well, th- th- it's, uh, I'll tell you this much. Um, you guys know I'm, a, I know I'm a committed Christian. I'm a former pastor. I was a pastor 20 years. And I'm I'm still really, really connected with my church and everything else like that. I actually lead a Bible study on um, Sunday nights uh, with some some dear, dear friends. And so this subject has come up. I I think once in a while that maybe God wants me to say something about subject if I hear it in multiple venues that I'm at. And so this is the subject has come up in the cigar shop here between you and I in the lounge between myself and some customers, um, just in everyday conversation. And then particularly on uh, Sunday night at the Bible study. You know, we were studying the book of Ephesians. Uh, it's in the Bible. And we were in chapter six, which is the uh, really the most interesting, you know, chapter in the Bible when it comes to this subject, you know. So uh, today we're talking about spiritual war and the spiritual war surrounding Hollywood and surrounding our culture, surrounding our kids, surrounding everything else like that. And uh, I thought I thought I'd be like uh, an anomaly talking about this, to be quite frank. I thought I'd be this would be something that people don't want to talk about, don't want to hear about. And they think it's just over overdrawn. But when a guy goes on Joe Rogan and has a discussion about this, you know, it's making it into mainstream media, this idea of spiritual war. And uh, I'm, I'll probably have a little bit of a different take than that guy did. But uh, it, it's really interesting because he asked us about he, he, Joe Rogan was asking this this guest. He said, so why do you think all this is happening? The guy goes, it's spiritual war, man spiritual warfare, just like that. And he tar- starts talking about, you know, demonic entities really trying to um, uh, move, you know, uh, agendas and things like that forward. And uh, Joe Rogan was really honest. And he says, when I hear things like that, it makes me it makes me think, you know, like I'm really skeptical. It's like when people say they believe in ghosts and things like that. He says, I don't disbelieve, but you got to you got to prove this to me. And so it, it, and then a conversation ensued about this where the guy was showing some things and proving some things. And Rogan was kind of like, huh, that's really very, very interesting. So when I say spiritual war out there or spiritual warfare in particular, spiritual warfare is something in uh, in Christianity that is found in the Bible a lot. It's it's, it's referred to very often, you know, in the Bible. But uh, we talk about a, a cultural spiritual war. What does that make you think, JB, immediately? When I say spiritual war culturally, what do you think? Well, I mean, it makes me go immediately to, like, little Nas X's shoes. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And that's a more literal, probably, mm-hmm. example right, of, of right. what we're talking about. Right. Um, but it also it makes you think about, um, you know, everything that you see and everything that you do in and everything you watch and listen to, right? Like mm-hmm. for for years, I've heard music industry talk about how messed up the the industry is, and how they had to sell their soul and the things that they, you know, wish they didn't have to do to get the things that they had to get and the accolades they had to get. And then you hear mm-hmm. movie stars coming out and saying like, you know, how dark Hollywood is and all the things that 
you know, especially like kids that worked for Disney and like child stars, those sure. are the ones that you that seem to say like the craziest stuff. Right, right. Or like Nickelodeon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I, well, I think I think that the spiritual war are raging against our children. Uh, they're the most vulnerable. Moment, yeah, because because they're the most vulnerable to defend themselves. They're they're also the most trusting. Children are the most trusting human beings on this earth. And when you are leading them down a path that is not good for them, often they don't know what that is. Whether it's somebody who is a molester saying, "Hey, come, come get in this van. I have a puppy." Yeah. You know, or if it's you know a, a, a TV producer saying, "I want you to say this, and I want you to say it in this way," because it's just it's just more adult. You know, if you would, and they're asking kids to say sexual things, you know, and then look at the camera like you're in the office or something like that. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird dichotomy and a weird day and age that we're in today because the 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 sex, the violence and everything else that we see on TV um, is not something that uh, shocks us anymore. It's just it's expected. And that's not even the crazy part right now. mm -hmm. The crazy part is the mockery. Oh, yeah, I, I think I think so, so from, from, unpack that a little bit. So it, I mean, it could be as small as like um, even if it could be as small as uh, you know, it could be as small as even like Eminem calling himself the God, like the rap yeah, God. Like right, that's right. that's really minuscule, but like at the same time, it's still one of those things. Or Jay Z calling himself Hova, Hova, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Uh, what Beyonce just did with putting herself on the white horse and then taking pictures of the horseman, mm-hmm. uh, depicting herself as the horseman, and mm-hmm. um. You know, Jay Z wearing a jacket with Lester Crawley on the back of it. You know, right, right. Um, it goes deep, man. Well, I'll tell you what. W- w- something happened recently with me and my daughter that I think made me made me suspicious that in in the drama world or in the movie world or in the the TV world, whatever you want to call it, the acting world, um, Hollywood, Hollywood, if you would. Um, my, my daughter's in drama, if you would. My daughter's a committed Christian. This is my youngest daughter, Madeline. Uh, if you've never seen Madeline, you can cut, go to Best Cigar Reviews. I did a video with her about what it's like to have a dad in the cigar industry. And uh, we, we, I went to see one of her plays, right? And uh, actively in the play, they made fun of Christians in the play, actively in the play. Not to mention there was, uh, they said, that the, the, I guess the drama teacher got it beforehand, said, said a couple things. She warned the audience that uh, there will be some strong language, that was it, uh, and that there will be uh, a gunshot or something like that, you know. And, and but it's but it's but it's a prop gun, and it was like a, you know, one of those one of those flag guns where you you, you shoot it and the bang. yeah bang thing flag comes out, um, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. But uh, I paid attention to the to the play as much as I possibly could. I don't like plays. I don't go to plays. I don't like theater or anything else like that, but I support my daughter, obviously. My daughter is a very, very good actress. She's actually one of the best ones, and uh, that's, that's teacher says, you know, it's, it's one of the best ones that she's, she's coached. In that, uh, in the play in particular, what I took away from it, and when everybody, when anybody says the, the term goddamn, you know, I, I, I get a little, I, I wince a little bit, you know, I, I understand um, they're just saying, you know, uh, you know what I don't I don't know if people know that that's blasphemous but I don't know that um you know how, how do you how do you say this in a way that uh, it's it's like the strongest curse word in in my vocabulary or if anyone's vocabulary shouldn't be in anyone's vocabulary in my opinion but uh, when I hear that you know I counted like 72 goddamns in the, in the 72 dude I mean it was it was crazy maybe I counted too many you know and, and I'm the, actually surprised you even said it yeah and I was like yeah, well, I'm, I'm using it as an illustration, so I'm not really saying it or invoking it. But the term 
God damn literally means that God would damn whatever you're doing. Or, or God, kind, God kind of would, like when Jesus walked by the fig tree and was like, nobody will ever eat your fruit. And then they came right. back later and it was withered. Well, Jesus was God and he damned the, the tree. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, so, um, but he didn't say that goddamn he did fig not. tree. You know, yeah, he, so, didn't, I mean, he didn't say, yeah, yeah, he just said, nobody will ever eat your fruit again. And I think it's just so fascinating with a culture that is um, so against God, you know, in so many different ways that you hear Jesus's name invoked in swearing or or the term goddamn all the time, you know, with 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 different people. And it's just it, be, it becomes so much so so commonplace at this point. So much of the music we listen to, so much of the, the movies we watch, everything like that. Which, you which know, is they, crazy that a game like Fortnite would take the word Jesus out of a song that was playing on their like radio station. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird thing. I mean, what you see in culture is you can you can you can invoke God's name blasphemously, but you can't you can't play it. In <laughs> but a if song. I talk about God, my record won't get played. Right, right. And Kanye, so, Kanye, Kanye was going, on. You're going a little crazy though, Kanye. Yeah, he is. No, no doubt about that. But there's a. Uh, I mean, but but when he dropped Jesus Walks a long time ago, I mean, in our culture, I remember playing it in youth group and dissecting it with my kids and about eighty kids, you know, in that youth group, and saying. Um, yeah, I want to dissect this with you a little bit, and because what he's saying is really interesting, and and I said everything to everything to down to the way that the beat was made. Right, it's made in a very specific rhythmic, anthemic type beat. It's very, it's it's very calculated that song. Oh, absolutely, and and not to mention. It, it literally he says what everyone's thinking. But if I talk about God, my worker won't get played. You know, and then if if this takes away from my spins, then I then it might take I hope away it from takes my away end. from my sins. Yeah, uh, every the one day that I that I dream about next time I'm in the club, everyone's screaming out, you know, Jesus walks. You know, so uh, so in 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 this regard, you know, um, to say that there's not a spiritual war, I'll say against I'll say against Christianity or, or Jesus, if you would, uh, against what I think is right, um, is. To say that it, that's not true and that's not cultural right now is to be blind, is to say that stick your head in the sand to say that, you know, our freedoms are taken away and everything like that. And it's, it's certain freedoms, it's certain certain ability, ability to say certain things. The, the fact that I, I posted a picture on on Facebook that I thought was really, really great. And it was just an old cowboy, you know, roping a horse and it had a Bible verse on it. And, and Facebook said this was sensitive because it had a Bible verse on it, and they 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 scanned the vision. I stole it from somebody else because I saw them on their Facebook, and I'm like, I got to put that on mine because I want to see if see if this is or, really true. Or, P- or Peter was mad that the cow was getting roped. Yeah, something like that. I don't know, but uh, I don't even know if the cow was in it. I just know that there's the old <laughs> cowboy, you know. So, but uh, that that will that occurs, and then you have a, a cultural um, what's the word? A, a cultural ideology series that come out time and time again it started with the sopranos it started with the you know with with other other movies sons of anarchy and now it's into yellowstone to where you know fam family's important to do everything to protect your land and your family you 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 kill you murder you do everything else like that you know so i i think it's it's really interesting you know and then we then then we 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 basically push god out of the scene <laughs> 
What was it? The, the second Zoro, where the guy comes in and he said, "I'm doing the Lord's work," and then he kills the two guys and steals their land. Like you're not doing the Lord's work by killing people to take their land for right. somebody else's profit, dude. Right, right, right. <laughs> I think that that's a that's a that's a weird a, a weird ideology. Day. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird ideology, and people have been using religion to kill people all day, all year, oh, every day, uh, every day. So I, I mean, it's and and that's not something that. Christianity is behind or for and everything like that, you know, um, minus the Crusades. No one's ever, no one's ever been plus, you know, for that in, in Christianity in, in general. So, um, but I know guys, people, people bring up the Crusades, like we were all in on it and like, oh yeah, yeah, Christians think that's a great thing. No, no, no Christian looks at the Crusades and goes, yeah, it's a great thing. Nobody does. Uh, so, but in this, in this war that we find ourselves with culture, um, there's a censoring of, of, of things that are right in a, in a, in a plus category for things that are evil and, and i mean so you mentioned when i asked you we had to restart this podcast like five times we interrupted so when i asked you formally on one of the one of the takes how do you see spiritual warfare playing out you mentioned little Nas X. yeah yeah explain that a little bit i mean it's it, when somebody like that pops up into pop culture so quickly and is grabbed onto by the youth so fast and then the next thing you see is like him putting out shoes and doing music videos that are very devil ideology to the point of where they put human blood on the shoes and things like that. Like mm -hmm. that's very satanic oriented ideology. So yeah, it just let me, is. Let me, let me, let me say something about that that I wanted to, I wanted to hit on when you said it the first time I didn't. The, um, I think we're in a different stage in culture today than we were back in the metal days when people would put pentagrams on their album to try to sell it because it was controversial, yep. you know? So I, I thought, I thought it was even, and, and those guys were like, you know, the, the, the guys who were saying they were, you know, they, they put these symbols on there and everything. Some of these guys had no idea what it was. And then just they were like, this is, this is great. My record sales go up if I put a pentagram on, on something or if I put an upside down cross or something like that, you know? And, and so they're kind of uh, nebulous, you know, in what they're doing now it seems it's very, very distinct in what they're doing, and and they want to do this. They it's want not to, as subliminal as much as it is. It's, it's right here in front of your face, exactly, and unapologetically. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is what we do, and this is how we do it. And uh, when you ask them off camera about it, and you say, you know, what do you really believe this stuff? They might say, no, but it just sells albums. You know, no, but I, but I, you know. There's been so much, you know, these, these, but that's literally the definition of selling your soul. You don't care about what you're being used to do or, or, or portray because you're getting paid. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. So in, in so much as we see culture today going down the tubes of, you know, this, the spiritual war, I, I wanted to, I wanted to take a, a moment and, and talk about knowing your enemy. I think that's, a, that's important because I want to talk about the devil. So, I think Kevin Spacey said it best in Usual Suspects, where he says the greatest, the greatest lie the devil ever told is convincing the world that he doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, and so most people will say they believe in God, but when you talk about actually believing in the devil, you know, people will say things like, "Nah." You know, I think it's something like seventy-five percent of people believe in God. You know, and what and, and who that God is and everything that they really don't define. When they talk about the devil, and let's just say for for you know, for argument's sake, we're talking about the Christian God and devil. Um, when it comes to the devil, you know, I think it's like 22%, you know, believe in an active, formal 
devil, you which, know, which is trying to upset what God's done. Which is crazy because even in ancient cultures, even some Native American cultures, there was somebody that lived on the in the clouds, and then there was like somebody that lived in the underworld, and mm-hmm. so there, it, you know, Greek mythology, you know, right. you had Hades right. and Zeus, you have. Right. Uh, it, yeah, it's interesting. Well, today I'm I'm, I'm just I'm interested in talking about the facts and exposing the facts about who the enemy really is. Yeah, because it's not against. I mean, the, the enemy isn't little Nas X. The enemy isn't the culture. <laughs> the enemy isn't people. They're just being used they're being, by exactly. They they don't even know they're being pawns. used by the devil. Literally. So, I wanted to, I want to explain it. So, if you want to know more about Satan in particular, um, the the oldest book in all the Bible is the book of Job. It's my favorite book, actually. Um, in the book of Job, you have a dialogue between Satan and God where Satan talks more than any other being, you know, in, in, in scripture, a, you know, a demonic being in particular. And his history and, and what he says to God and how God responds to that is very telling uh, to who the devil is, <clears throat> very t- telling to what he tries to do and very telling to how he still actively deceives us to this day. And I, I think that's important because if you don't know your enemy, you're not going to be able to fight against him. And, and scripture is very, very clear about that. If you, if you don't know what you're up against, then you can't ever achieve anything. You really can't. And so one of the first, or they say that in the art of war, even, Oh, I'm, I'm in sure. The book, yeah. yeah. Nothing, nothing's new under the sun. It, it just isn't. And so people who write incredible, you know, books and everything like that are obviously inspired by God. And they're, I mean, uh, uh, the creation can't help, but ex, you know, expand on what the creator has done. You know, so I think, and being part of creation, you're 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 being able to explain this thing, and and more and more scientists are coming out no, noting that we are designed a very specific way, and we are different from animals, and there isn't this great push for evolution like there was before, probably because Charles Darwin was racist, you know. But I mean, there's there's all these different things uh, about it that people are waking up to and going, wow, this is I I feel like I've been deceived, and and here's the fact, guys, you have been deceived. Now, let me tell you about the deceiver that has deceived people and deceiving you. So here, here's the first thing. So Satan has, has a long history. He really does. So uh, the, 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 the notion that hell was created for people, um, that was never the case, you know, with God. It was created for the demons. Uh, the demons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The ones that fell. So Satan, uh, according to scripture, was probably, uh, he was number two. He was God's essentially right-hand man in, in eternity past. That means before creation and everything else like that. And... Uh, he was responsible for worship in heaven, uh, and he's he's such a good liar and such a great deceiver that he deceived one-third of the angelic beings that were there. That's one-third of all the angels he deceived and made war against God, and you find this in the book of Revelation. And, uh, and, and part of the book of Revelation, I've told you this before, is prophetic, and part of it is history. You know, So this is the historical part uh, of apocalyptic literature, if you would. What then ends up happening is Satan makes war against God in heaven, and there isn't a war. It's not like God is going, "Oh man, we got to get the defenses ready and everything like that," because God is God. He's not, and this doesn't shock him or surprise him or anything like that. But it's interesting because he gives the angels at that point free will, and however many angels there are, we don't know. One third of them are deceived by Satan. One third of angelic beings who have been in the presence of God and are working for God and are doing things for God, they are deceived by Lucifer is his name. He has many names, you know, morning star, you know, little horn. He has all these different names in scripture. Green man. Yeah. I mean, all these different things come up continually Mm -hmm. about Satan. Uh, But Lucifer, let's say his name is is Lucifer. 
they're cast down not to hell. They were created. Hell was created for them. They were cast down to where? Earth. To earth. So when you think about Satan, you have to understand some in demonic beings. Some some are imprisoned, and I'll get to that in a second. Some are imprisoned, but a great majority of them, along with Lucifer, were cast down to this earth. So Satan is not in hell. He doesn't have a pitchfork. He doesn't have horns. He doesn't have a little tail with a, with a spike on it. He's not shoving pineapples up Hitler's yeah, like, like he no. does in little Nicky, bro? No, he does not do oh, that. He's not in the deep south. Yeah, he's not down there. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that uh, people mis- misconstrue about Satan. And if you were to see him, he is the most beautiful creature uh, on the earth that, that you're, you're tempted to worship him, in, in all honesty. so there, He's just the most beautiful thing you'd, you'd ever see. And so that's why it's important, it actually says in Scripture, to make sure you test the spirits. There's a way to test if it's an angelic being or a demonic being. Um, along with all the demons, you know, so they were all angels at one point and now a third of them are demons. So they're cast to this earth before humans were ever created. Okay. And then God takes a section of the earth, creates Eden and he creates man, you know, and then he creates woman out of man. And then what ends up happening is the serpent or that Satan shows up in the garden in this form of a talking serpent, you know? Um, and at one point, I guess he had legs. He probably had legs cause God curses the snakes and takes all the legs away uh, at one point. So I'm, I'm thinking, imagine a lizard, lizard part. And he starts to deceive the woman like he, like we're deceived continually. He says this to the woman, did God really say, because God laid down some, some principles for Adam and Eve to follow, to enjoy the best life in the entire world. And he says, did, did God really, does God really have your best in mind? I mean, if you really follow what God wants, isn't he just limiting you to the worst life possible? Isn't, isn't that what's happening? And so, and what happens and what ensues in the human race after even Adam and Eve are deceived, we, we continue with that conversation and we listen more to Satan than we do to God continually. Does God really have our best interests in mind? Does God really do that? And, and Satan just plays that up on the whole human race. Does really, does, I mean, think about it. I mean, you could make a billion dollars right now. I mean, while you're here on earth, you know, but, but many, very few of us give, you know, a lot of credence to eternity and what that looks like, what this hundred years looks like in light of eternity. And so Satan is, is cast down and he's been playing the human race for a full ever since. But there's a select few, few, and I'll, I'll say this, it's called a remnant, if you would, in scripture that say, no, we're going to expose him for who he is. No, we got we to gotta tell it like it is. No, I'm not going to buy that lie. No, this is not true. And, and, and they won't be shut down no matter what happens. And, and to, by God's grace, I'm one of those people that won't be shut down and won't stop talking about them and, you know, and, and things like that. Um, even though um, other cigar, <laughs> other cigar entities try to sabotage us, even though other cigar entities, and they might even think they're doing the good, the right thing, but they're not, you know? And so I, I believe it with a, with a religious veracity, which I do have, okay, that, no matter what happens, my goal is the best customer service in the cigar industry, giving people the best value for the cigars and doing that all in Jesus name. That's my whole, that's my whole point. Um, I may not say that all the time, but that's literally what I believe. That's the whole goal of why I do business in general. Um, and to bring good, you know, to add value to people's lives by exposing the lie that they've, they've been in. So the spiritual war that's ensuing is a great deception of the human race that Satan doesn't really exist and that you can go for years and that you're the most important person and that you are the center of your universe. Well, I think it's also a testament to how poor mental health is right now in the world, not even just the U S but in the world, like 
it it literally says uh what what's it say if you accept God into your heart like you won't you won't have depression right like mm-hmm. you won't have a lot of that stuff right like mm-hmm. anxiety and mental health is is at an an all time high to my knowledge right well, like I I don't want to I don't want to sell the sell the the dream that if you become a Christian all your problems go away well, no they don't I, go away I, I will say that there's a but depression is a fear of, of an overwhelming doom of some sort, right? right? So right, when right. you have... And some of that's chemical. It, yeah, some correct, chemical. correct. Right, right, right. Some of that's chemical. But there's a lot of comfort in right. giving your life to something else and a higher power and understanding that they are taking the path that is, that, that, that's right for you. Right, right. Well, that, that's right, period, that yeah. I'll say. I mean, that, that's the... See, I, I, I'm not, I don't subscribe to this, you know, all roads lead to God. I don't believe that. Uh, I do believe that, you know, that's a deception as well. That one of the deceptions, there's, there's multiple ways to, to heaven. I don't believe that. I really don't. I think that's one of the deceptions. Because, says there's only one way. Right. That Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't give it. He doesn't, he doesn't say like, well, maybe there's this, maybe there's that, maybe there's that. That's not what Jesus says. And so what, what's fascinating about Christianity, it's exclusively for everybody. It really is. It's exclusively for Jesus says, I, this is for everybody. Okay. But I'm the only way there. If you really want peace in life, I'm the only one there. But the, the deception is, is that all roads lead. And what, what that means when you come to the conclusion that all roads lead, lead to God, none do. That's the reality. When you believe that none do, because there's not peace. There's just turmoil. There's continual frustration. You're trying to find out what's going on. And that's essentially what the enemy wants to do. He wants to make you ineffective and unproductive in finding Jesus. The try, trust me, that's the biggest, the biggest thing is, and then he distracted. Wants, yeah. He wants you to be so, so bought into the American dream of fame, fortune, uh, that the, the little house, living your forget, best yeah. life here. Oh yeah. Not knowing that your best life is not here. It's not. It's not, this is, this, I'll tell you what, guys, this life is so temporary. Yesterday I was 18, you know, now, <laughs> now, now we're 30 years later, I'm 48, you know? And so it's, dude, it's, I just heard about that. Uh, was it the, the football coach that started the air raid offense that just passed away? The dude was 61. Right. Right. It's my dad is 70. I'm halfway through my life. If I count that. Right. Right. You know? And so here, here's the question I, I ask people. So the reason this, this, this topic is important is, um, how are you young or are you old? I mean, if, if I go by that standard, I'm in the middle. Right? So here's the question. Tomorrow, you don't know if you're going to die. Tonight, you don't know if you're going to die. Nobody knows when they're going to die. You don't know when your number's up. You don't, you know. So if you're going to die tomorrow in the next five minutes, you're really old. But if you're going to die in the next, you know, 80 years, then you're pretty young. You don't know. That's the whole point is yeah. that to, to wake up and smell the roses and go, man, I've been deceived. I got to start figuring out what life's really about. It's not about these things that we we attribute to fame and success and social media and everything else like that. And I think, I think what's, what, what's misconstrued sometimes when I, when I speak about this stuff is that I'm anti-social media or I'm anti any of these things. I'm not anti-people whatsoever. I'm anti-people deceived. And I'm trying to explain these are the ways that we've been deceived, guys. And, and these are things. And, and the quickest way, and, and you see this happen in, in popular media, the quickest way to dismiss this idea is to call me a whack job, a conspiracy theorist, you know, or any, or a domestic terrorist or anything else like that. You can just say any of these things and immediately somebody goes, oh, well, he's, he's just a whack job or something like that. But here's the question you have to ask yourself, guys, even while you're listening to this, what if I'm right? What if I'm right? What, what, what if I'm right? Okay. And what if the facts bear out the way that I'm saying they do, which they, 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 they obviously are in culture. You have to see it with your own eyes. 
you have to see that culture is not going in a positive direction where everything is hunky-dory. Culture has been in this hell in a handbag, you know, basket going to hell. And we're, and we're like, somehow we're just okay with it. I can't, I can't be like that. I can't say that's okay. You know, that's why when I, when I see something that's unjust or when I see something that's going on, I say, no, that's wrong. That's why when, when all this stuff happens, man, um, you have to, you have to say, well, that's, that, that's demonic in and of itself. That that's demonic. It, it just is, you know, that, that whatever that is, that that's, that that's probably demonic. You know, when you see somebody obviously literally deceived and they're, they're working, not, they, they think they've got it. Here's, here's the greatest deception in the entire world. Thinking that the devil will make you rich. He won't, he, he won't help. He, he can make you wealthy, but not rich. Mm. You know the difference between the two, right? Oh, I do. Wealth has to do with money. Absolutely. It does. Rich has to do with literally hope and joy. Those are the two things that make a, make a man rich, hope and joy. Hope and joy make a man rich. Wealth can never make you rich. It just gives you more money. That's all it does. And if money just brings you happiness, it's fleeting. It's very fleeting. I've had gobs of money before, gobs of money before. And there's a certain stability that comes with that. There's a certain like you know, Hey, I'm the man. I'm feeling myself a little bit when it comes to that. I've even had fame before. Okay. And you're starting to feel yourself a little bit. People are screaming your name out and thinking it's great. And the problem is you really are just the eighth grader running down the hallway with your hair caught on fire, hoping you won't get burned. The problem is everybody gets burned. And if you don't stand up and say that, okay. And you're just watching people get burned. I'm tired of people running down the hallway, getting burned and saying there's there's something bigger out there for you. There's something much, much broader out there for you. Not just simply, you know, to be fame and fortune and, and, and what have you. I mean, it's so fleeting. You get 15 minutes of it and that's it. No one will remember. No one will remember who you are. No one will remember anything else like that. But you can live on forever with a God who actually created you to know him. I mean, that's the big thing. But in the spiritual war that we're in in America, what are other ways that you see it magnified in popular media and everything else that we're talking about. Um, I mean, I mean, you see, you see a lot of people speaking out against it right now, which is kind of interesting, you know? Okay. Um, outside, outside, outside of guys who are kind of on the border. Okay. Of possibly, as he just said, autistic. Okay. Uh, Kanye West just said it this morning. He says, maybe I think I'm a little autistic, <laughs> you know, which is, which is really interesting because now everyone's calling this, this new, autisticness if you would a uh, a form of higher intelligence they're, they're saying maybe that that's not, that that's why elon musk is maybe on the spectrum and and guys who are just uber really wealthy and smart or something like that are maybe on the spe- spectrum and what have you which i think is really a disservice to people who have autism to be honest with you um but there's a there's this 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 weird you know thing going out where people are starting to expose this a little bit starting to say that yeah, hey, this this there's something really evil about this. There's something really scary about this. And and not to mention the millions upon millions upon millions of YouTube videos talking about all the crazy stuff in Hollywood, all the crazy stuff. And I, I'm I'm really surprised their YouTube allows it, to be quite frank. I mean, they won't allow us to smoke cigars and, and talk about them in, in the ways that we want to, but uh they'll they'll let you, you know, put up you know, some, some crazy commercials and, you know, half naked pictures of whoever else, you know, but we, we can't smoke cigars because that's dangerous to kids, I guess. There's, um, there's another example of a dude that, uh, as far as like things being blasphemy and culture, 
um, there was a dude named, um, he's, he's like a huge green protester. Um, it's, his name's Yusuf. Um, uh, what the heck is his last name? Abro, Ab, mm, I'm going to screw it up. Okay. It's Yusuf. Like Abramovich or something like that. Mm-hmm. What, and what, he, what's the deal with him? I've never so he, uh, he like rewrote. Um, like his own version of like the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. went up to Mount Sinai and like smashed uh, w- one of the potential Mount Sinai. That's right. Okay. I don't know if it's the actual one or not. Yeah, I don't know. And he like smashed um, a like two tablets that were in comparison of the Ten Commandments that, mm-hmm. that God wrote and gave to Moses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like that's pretty blasphemous to like rewrite a Ten Commandments in his own words mm-hmm. it, using his hands, right? So, like, that, there's just a lot of weird stuff like that going on. Yeah, well, people have been, I mean, you had the uh, Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit challenge happen on, uh, now, and this is really interesting, uh, that, where people would get on YouTube and say, I blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That means I. that's the unforgivable sin. That means God can never forgive you or something like that, which is a total misunderstanding of what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, which is, it, it's a, it's a, the, the, there's just so you know that the unforgivable sin that Jesus talks about, it's in the book of Matthew where he's talking to the Pharisees who are religious rulers of that day. Uh, he says, every sin will be forgiven except that blasphemy of the Holy spirit. And in that context that happens, that happens to deal with the Pharisees attributing the miracles of Jesus to that of Satan. That's what blasphemy of the Holy spirit is. And ultimately that means that you never believe in the son of God. That, that means your sins were never forgiven, you know, at that point. So, that that's what blaspheming the Holy Spirit means. But you saw this happen on YouTube, where many many different people get on and say, "I blaspheme the Holy Spirit," meaning they're leaving their Christian faith, they're leaving their stuff, and they never want to believe, you know, believe about God. And they don't believe, you know, Jesus is away, but they they believe somebody else is, you know, or something like that. So they would say things like that. So that was so that and people burning Bibles or ripping up Bibles and everything yeah. else like that. I mean, those are obviously blasphemous things, but uh, that's not that's not the point though. Those are those are obvious. We're talking about subversive. But, the, but they're things that are being put into the public eye, right? Like, sure. you, you didn't see a lot of that. I didn't hear about a lot of that stuff happening as a kid, right? Now mm-hmm. I see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of YouTube videos, like you're saying, of that kind of stuff. Well, I think some of it's attention. For, for, well, for, for example, sure, for sure. If I, if, I, if I wanted to pull a fast one on everybody, I just all of a sudden become a Satanist. Right. You know? and, I, and, and then everyone's like, oh, my gosh, did you hear this? And then it becomes and it starts blowing up like crazy. Right. And everything they're like, oh my gosh, did you hear Bradley's a Satanist now? Doesn't believe in Jesus anymore. All, all that kind of stuff. I mean, like that that becomes a uh, the 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 counterpoint, you know, of my life. And it's it's for publicity, it's for fame, it's for fortune, all this kind of stuff, and for wealth. And it, and it becomes that kind of thing. And and then people just go, well, they, he must have sold his soul to the devil and things like that. I don't know that you actually can sell your soul to the devil. I know that the devil can use you as a pawn because you think you're doing that. And I think that Hollywood can take advantage of that, you know, for sure. And that people around you can take advantage of that for sure. Because God, when you have the mind of Christ, when, you, when you're thinking through, when, when you're able to filter through signals and everything else like that, that you're getting from culture uh, through a biblical mindset, you're able to go, okay, that's evil. Okay, yeah. that's messed up. You know, and, and you, you look at it and you go, that's, that's really messed up. Versus simply just going, oh, well, that's, just, that's just our culture today. You know, that's, or just, that's weird. Yeah, that, that's weird. It's weird that that happened, uh, you know, versus like, okay, it's, it's not weird. It happened. It's, it's, there's only two powers at play here. There's, there's angelic and demonic and doesn't look angelic to me. I, I kind of want to go into that a little bit more because even, even though we're talking about like 
how Hollywood and how, you know, entertainment entities uh, are very, like, in your face now. Mm-hmm. I think there's even, like, like a more personal spiritual warfare that goes on between people that they're completely unaware of, right? Like, okay. and, and let me, let me, let me use my own experience to kind of talk about that, right? Yeah, I'm packing it um, My whole life I've been surrounded by um, a very God-loving family on both sides of my family. Right. Um, and I've continuously been surrounded by people my whole life, right? Mm-hmm. It's of it until recently, and I just I was just actually talking to Travis in the cigar lounge here recently a little bit mm-hmm. about this, and I kind of kind of broke down and kind of started talking to him about it a little bit. But um, if you guys don't know that, is Travis is a mentor of ours, and yeah, he's, he comes in the shop often. He's a pastor at um, uh, Arizona Christian University, yeah, yeah, yeah. ACU. Yeah. And he actually, he, dude, he's he actually came in on a day when I was heavily, heavily thinking of him mm-hmm. and wanting to talk to him. Um, which he always does. It's freaking weird. The dude just shows up. It's, it's what God does, bro. That's it's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but th- through my whole life, I've always kind of felt this tug and pull. Right. And I've never really understood what the tug and pull was. Sure. Um, and it's kind of weird. It's like, um, you, you know, uh, I was, I was like sitting in my house one day and I was like, I just came to this realization that like something was pulling me in mm-hmm. and I kind of knew what it was. And my first thing was like, why do you want me so bad? That's what I felt. Cause this whole life I've felt like I've been chased, right? I've been, and some people can credit that to like, Oh, you're crazy or blah, blah, blah. Or you're, you're just thinking stuff. But I've met countless people over my life that have felt this way. And the people that no longer feel that way are the people that have, fully given themselves to God. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I'm saying this because my whole life, I've never thought about this. Right. I've, mm-hmm. I've struggled with depression. I've, you know, I've, I was at a point in my life where I thought about taking my own life and my grandparent, my grandfather showed up at, at my house and, um, just happened to pop in and check in on me. Mm-hmm. Another very heavy man of God. Right? right. Right. Um, so there's definitely been times in my life where I'm not supposed to be here, mm-hmm. but I've continually been pulled in and pulled in and pulled in and pulled in. And then I went through a really hard time for about three, four years of my life, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm at. I feel lost. Um, and I could have went a lot of different ways at that time. A lot of different ways. Um, I think there was even one day, um, I think it surprised you because I sat down, came into work one day, and I sat down in the front of the lounge, and you were sit, sitting up front, and I was like, broke down and you're like dude are you good bro and i'm like yeah dude but like something's going on you're like what the heck's going on bro and i was like i just i just feel like there's a lot of like the devil is really coming hard for me right now and mm-hmm. you're like you need to unpack that a little bit and we we had a discussion about um the things that were going on in my life and why i felt that way mm-hmm. and then we just continue further and further and i keep thinking about like how I ended up here, how the things that we do have evolved and how the conversations that we've had have evolved. And now even the things that you're doing in your life now have evolved. Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt being pulled stronger and stronger and stronger. Right. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought about it being a spiritual warfare over my life. Oh yeah. And when I broke down to Travis, um, I looked at him and I was like, you know, I, I, I don't know why. 
it's not my job to know why. Mm-hmm. But I know that I'm being fought for, mm-hmm. and it's 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 a time in my life where I can't keep running away from that fight. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a lot of people out there that if you feel that way, yeah, and you feel like you're running from something, mm-hmm. and you feel like, um, you know that like that you're being pushed and pulled and that and that you're you're being pulled in a direction but you just you just kind of keep shrugging it off you keep kind of not looking into it i promise you if you sit there and you look into it you're going to find out why you're being pulled and there's probably a reason that your life is being fought for yeah there's there's a uh, two two beings are chasing you continually god and the devil they're both chasing you one will win and it's whether you give up and give in to the easy road or you step up and step in to a new relationship with God. That's, that's a, that's a reality um, that I can't emphasize enough. And, and you're not the first person I've ever heard say that. I mean, there's, there's multiple people yeah, I've, I've I'm, heard. Say I'm that. not the first person I've heard right, say that. Right. And I, I think that, but I think what happens in culture, we've been programmed to numb that feeling with anything that entertains us away from the severity of that feeling. Cause you know, it's a life change when you get it. You know, you know, it's a life change when you commit to it. You know, it's a life change when something happens like that. And it's going to be something that that really is positive. But the positive road uh, to God is not an easy one. And I think yeah. that's something that people are, you know, they're, they're sold by TV evangelists or people like that, that it's 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 the it's the best easy way in the entire world. It's not. It's God doesn't make you rich. God doesn't give you your best life ever all the time. God doesn't well, I mean if that was the case that every single person ever had cancer or anybody else had any kind of terminal sickness would just you know, come to Christ and everything would be done. And that's not necessarily true. And the the closer you come to becoming closer to Christ and even after you do, the stronger that spiritual warfare gets. Oh, for, yeah. For three or four years of my life, there wasn't much spiritual warfare. I didn't feel mm-hmm. that push and pull mm-hmm. because I wasn't around it. Mm-hmm. As soon as I walked through the door here was the strongest I've ever felt that pull. Mm. That's really cool, man. That, that, tell, that tells you something. I mean... Not not only is that is that true, but I, I think there's going to be people who listen to this and go, you know what? That's God's been chasing me down for a long time, and it, and it's time to step up to that relationship. Um, and there'll be other guys that just that will agree with you and say, you know what? I I know both are chasing me, and I know I've given given more reason for the devil to catch me than ever. You know, and I think that's that's one of the things that you have to take a look, hard look at your life and go, you know, you I've been deceived. I've I've been I've been tricked. And I'm tired of being tricked. I want to wake up to the reality of, of what my life's about and what my life is for and the purpose that I have versus this, you know, living in this stupor of of just stupid blissfully, entertainment. Yeah, yeah, blissful ignorance. But yeah, the, the blissful ignorance, I think, is something that um, I, I hope you guys are, if you guys are younger, let's say like you're you know 25 and under and listen to this podcast, you're you're at that point where you have the, you have the, literally the the whole world in front of you and the impact you can make on culture is dramatic and and just and i've I've always said this and i i think this is the reason i um i don't give up talking about god at all um and (laughs) because it's much easier not to talk about god and just talk about cigars um i see young people um having this incredible opportunity to change literally the world in, in particular, even our, even our country, they have, they have the ability to do that. 
uh, in, in a way that is so dramatic. What makes that make people go? Well, I, let's take my daughter, um, Madeline, for for example. Uh, she's in a very very dark, dark culture in the drama world. It's very very dark. It really is. Um, and the two ways, I mean, just really quick, just be honest with you. The two ways the devil deceives everybody, it's just two things, guys. It's sex and money. It's two ways. It's two things that he, that we care about the most that, that the devil absolutely just completely confuses I w- everybody. I would throw else. fame in there as a third one now. Sure. Being insta-famous, being, uh, yeah, that's being part of recognized. The money. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, that, that's part of the money, yeah. you know, if you would. So, but the, the sex and money, so... And, but in order to give God control of both those things in your life, it's very, very difficult for human beings to do. It really, really is. Because when you, when you give God control of sex, then you play on his playing field and not yours. And you give God control of your money, then, it's on, then you're happy with what he gives you. Okay, the, the, the one who owns a cattle on a thousand, thousand hills, the one who owns everything on this earth, you're happy with what he gives you and not what you want. And so I think that's very, very important to be content with what God has. And what's fascinating is if you handle money the way God wants you to, if you handle sex the way God wants you to, you're actually very, very, very content and very, very blessed in both those areas. Meaning that no matter what you get in either of those areas, you're very, very content. Now there's conversation about that and so on and so forth, but I think that that's very, I'm not, I know it sounds oversimplified, but tell me the two things that are more important to, to our culture than sex and money. There isn't anything. Okay, because fame just gets you money and probably gets you sex too. All right, sex and money are the two things. That's the two things, the two idols in America that we worship most. We worship at that altar. Maybe some power. Yeah, okay, power. But money can kind of get you that too. Right, right. Money, absolutely money can get you powerful. Elon Musk is not known for his personality, okay? (laughs) Dude has a personality of a rock, okay? And he's smart as a whip, but, I mean, really, he's, he's he's the wealthiest man in the world. You know, that's what gets him the fame. That's what gets him the power. That's what gets him those things. And so I, I think that's important to recognize that if you want to see how you're being deceived, look at how God looks at sex, look at how God looks at money, okay, and then see how that affects your life. See, it, so for example, one of the things that God, God says about money is he wants you to be generous. He didn't even tell you how much. He didn't tell you how much or anything, but he wants you to be a, a generous person. And so when it comes to dealing with money, are you a generous person or are you a thief? Because just the opposite of generosity is being a thief. Okay. And by the way, God, it says in scripture very, very clearly, you can't rob God. You just can't. It's impossible. Uh, and then it also says just the opposite. You can't outgive God. I mean, everything you have, the breath that you're breathing right now as you listen to the podcast versus, you know, the, uh, the, the, the money you have in your wallet, it's all given to you by God. Nothing, nothing you have in your life is, is by work of your own, you know, of your own hands. Everything's given to you by God. So be grateful for that. And I think that's, that's one of the things that it produces when you are obedient in those, in those, in those, particularly in those areas, it produces a real attitude of um, gratefulness. I'm very, very grateful for what we have here. I'm very grateful for people who listen. I'm very grateful and everything else like that. But I also won't be bullied into giving people what they think they they need versus what they really need. Because if people just want me to be a eighth grader running down the you know hall with my hair cut on fire and be, being silly and stupid all the time. That's that's not that's not going to get anywhere anybody near growth. I'm into growth and maturity. I'm not into being silly and putting stuff, you know, you know, setting my pants on fire so everybody can just say, you know, well look at that he 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 dropped the lighter with that. I mean that was literally something somebody told me one time. If you want to be successful, man, you got to be more stupid. 
That's literally told me something. Someone that said you're too mature and you're too you you're too adult in your thinking. You got to be more childish. And I'm like, why do I want to do that? Do I want to revert back to being a teenager? I don't want to do that. But that's what sells, man. That's what sells. And we all know it. Being a sexy teenager is what sells. That's I mean, you, you know that most of most of marketing. What was it Liberty not, Mutual just made yeah. a, a joke about that with the swimming the swimming pool commercial where they're like a bunch of young kids at a swimming pool. I think it was like it was a it was oh, a yeah, yeah was some insurance company did a did a commercial making fun of that. They're like this sells, so let's just throw a bunch of kids in a swimming oh, pool. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's and it's really interesting. So when you start thinking with your mind, you start thinking rationally, you start looking at things differently, and you're like, okay, so why is why does this sell? Why why are they trying to sell me on this? You know, they're just they're just treating me like they're reverting back to those those times when you were kids when you were dumber. Yeah. You know, when you were not nearly as intelligent as you are now. Or had the experience that you are now, and so and people would chase. That, that's the other thing too, man. I, I just, I mean, God's way is so much better than ours. I mean, think of it this way: like, <laughs> uh, I am, I am five times the man I was when I was first married. I just am. I know that I am. And so to go back to when I was first married and the child that I was when I was first married, I never want to revert back to that. But people propose that continually, like, like, like. When you age, I'm 27 years married. I'll be 28 years married this August, okay? And my marriage is so sweet, so incredible, so amazing, uh, fully fulfilled monetarily, fully fulfilled sexually, fully fulfilled in every way you possibly can, connection with my wife, all these different things that people really, 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 really know they want. Book culture gives them a different signal. Like it's, it's, it's time for you to get something else. Your wife's not pleasing you sexually. Go get, go, go get that somewhere else. You know, you're, you're, you're not making as much money you are. Go, go do something else. You know, go do something else so you can get more money and this and that. My whole purpose of business, and I think I've told you this before, is to continue to broaden the audience that we have, okay, for the sake of people growing up in Christ. There's no doubt about that. So that's exa- If you want to know my subversion, guys, that's my subversion plan. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to see everybody understand. I want to see the whole world understand that there's a God that really does love them, that really does want a relationship with them. And that's the reason I do the, do what I do. And when I go to bed at night, I have no freaking regrets whatsoever. But then again, I'll be honest with you, dude, I don't live in the past. The past is the past and that's done. I don't, I don't live in the past. I don't, I don't think about the past or anything else like that. I go in. I don't think of it. And when the, and when the past comes up, like all the regrets I've had or anything else like that, because everyone has regrets, I just take that. Put it under, put it under Jesus' blood. I'm like that. That's paid for. That's done. And so on and so forth. So the people I've wronged, the people I've hurt, and everything like that, and try to make amends for, and so on and so forth. They don't forgive you. Not everybody will forgive you. You just move on. You just do, and you have to. You know. Otherwise, you're you're a chain. You're chained to your own prison of your you, own thoughts. You can't be forgiven if you don't forgive. Right. Exactly, dude. Hundred percent. So people who've wronged me, severely wronged me, I have no no bitterness whatsoever towards them. I really don't. I can name five people that have harmed my life more than anybody else. I can name them right now. I can tell you who they are and everything else like that. And those five people have no, have no grudges against them or anything else like that. If anything of those five people, I want them to know God better more than they do now and everything else like that. Nothing but love for them, I promise. And that can't be done. I promise you that can't be done outside of Jesus because if you say you do, then you have a selfish motive. And I, I don't want anything from any of those people. I don't have any contact with them anymore. Okay, I really don't. But it was such a dramatic impact in my life. It changed me, really. And I could, I could have been changed. I could, I could get bitter or I could get better. 
mm-hmm. one way or the other. It's it, it's it's the I or the E in the in the in the etter. You know, it's I'm gonna be bitter. <laughs> I think that better. was Lecrae that said that. Said you can get bitter, you can get bitter, get better, and I'm working on switching them letters. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, and I, I love that. I love that phrase, but I think it's important for us to to really understand that and go, okay, this is in this spiritual war that we're in, we can be bitter or better. And so when I see culture, I I dive into it as best I possibly can. So I listen to popping music. I listen to everything you can, you can, you guys listen to and everything else like that. When I hear a line that gets me, I'm like, man, where'd that line come from? What's going on with that artist? And you know, when that, when that comes up or I see a YouTube video, I'm like, man, that was a, that's a great video. I wonder what inspired him to do that. And dude, like that Shia LaBeouf video, dude, that blew me away. (sighs) That's a really good video, dude. Blew me away. That Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf's on a journey, man. I got so much respect for that guy. I really do. I don't have respect for things he did in his past. I don't think he does either. You know, like stuff in our past. I don't have respect for stuff I did in my past, you know, and stuff like that, the regrets sure. and what have you. But, you know, the, the great thing is you can make a better, and like even today, gentlemen, you can make a better future. You really can. You can always make a better future. You can't change your past, but you can always start today, this hour, this minute, making a better future. And I believe that begins with God. I really do. Other things, other things outside that, that play into the spiritual war, because we probably ran out of stuff to talk about. Where are we at in the, we, we at 50 minutes? I mean, that's, the, yeah, but I mean, that could, I mean, you go all day. You can. You could go into politics, you could go into, you know. Yeah, the political Books, scheme. you could go into, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so deep, man. It's the so rabbit, deep. The rabbit hole is deep, but I know somebody, I know somebody who knows where it ends. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know, the, I know the one that controls the whole world you know, if you would, and, and nobody can make a move without his knowledge, you know, of that move, you know, and I think that's, that's important to know. So like, even in it's, it, it, you're, you might be in the insane asylum, you know, if you would, or the sanitarium, if you would, mm-hmm. <laughs> sanitarium cigars, um, found at zealcigars.com. Uh, there's the promo, <laughs> the plug, but I, I think you might be, a, you might be in an insane asylum, but you don't have to be crazy. I mean, you can be in the world and not of it. Yeah. You, can, you can you can dive into it and find out where where's somebody coming from because there's a lot of artists out there that are waking up this reality and you know they are because they start putting up their songs, start saying things that are, that are different, they start being an impact, and and Hollywood wants nothing else to do with it. I mean, it just just to be brutally honest with it, what Dave Chappelle did on SNL <laughs> will never be done again. It just it it, it won't. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if anybody outside of Dave could have done that the way they did it. Yeah, he he's it wasn't wasn't the idea that he gave this he gave the script to uh, to SNL and they were like okay that sounds good and then he flipped it on him when he got up on stage and then basically read off what just did what he wanted to do yeah and, you know? well and it went further too every skit that he was a part of during that SNL show was was hitting the nail even harder into the boards well I didn't know that yes. I didn't know that at all oh oh yeah dude. You gotta watch the skits now. Oh no, it gets. <laughs> and when you see guys like that, when you, when you when you see guys, and I'll even say this: when you see guys like Kanye and Dave and Kyrie and some other people saying certain things, you know that. But that, Dave, that Dave gave them the finger, man. He told them, "F you, I don't want your money." Right, right. Five hundred million. I don't want your money. Five hundred million. He says, "We'll give." He he was he was owed half of it, which was five hundred million, and uh, they offered him fifty million. And he jumped and he said, "I'm out. I'm out." I don't need your money, you know? And I, I think that's really, really interesting that, that money, when money can't buy your conscience, mm. that's when you know, you, that's when, that's when you know you got something special, you know, when money can't buy your conscience. I, I would almost like to sit 
I would have to look back at some of his interviews that he did, where like where he really talked about it. Yeah. But I would almost want to know, um, you know, what all really helped him get to that rationalization of like, I, I think I think he was just getting tired of being the pawn, being used by right the the industry and and being told. Try, them trying to control the type of skits that he was doing and wanting him to do more stuff that was stupid and right and and, and things that he didn't want to do. Because uh, here's the reality: because when you grow up, you grow up. Yeah. yeah. When there's a mindset that's different in you, you grow up, and you're like, okay, I'm I'm, th- I'm done being a child. I mean, there's it's a biblical, you know, scripture that says, when I was a child, I played with childish things, and when I became a man, I put childish things away. And we're trying to get men to become men, not children, not little boys that can shave, but men. I think that's that's one of the things that you know that that that's the crusade we're on, you know, if you would. And so, and, and men stick around, and men take responsibility, and men provide and protect, and men do these things that you know are, are chivalrous that our culture has completely forgotten about, you know. And that that's very very important, you know, for men to understand and to do. So. Guys, we, we have gone deep down the rabbit hole in this one. Hopefully you stuck around with us. If you didn't stick around with us, uh, you know, it's I understand it. And I understand it. It's your, it's your prerogative. So thanks so much for uh, hanging out with the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast again today. This has been Bradley with ZillCigars.com and JB. Anything we said in the podcast that you might want to know some more stuff about or you might want to question, comment, or even insult us, email us at Cut Light Smoke Podcast, all one word, Cut Light Smoke Podcast at gmail.com. And we're out of here like last year. Peace.